is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. This is The Drive, and as we are every Wednesday, we're joined uh, now by esteemed editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com, Bob Labriola. Uh, Bob, are you living in your fears right now, or are you uh, still celebrating the win from Sunday? Um, hey, you only have 24 hours to celebrate a win, so I'm back into my fears. <laughs> well, you're not playing on, on the Thursday night. You can celebrate a little bit longer. Well, you know, I, you know it's... Look, I, I, I kind of agree, well, more than kind of. I do agree with Ben, I, what he said uh, in his media availability um, earlier this week about every game's a must-win, um, especially with the really kind of topsy-turvy situation one week to the next uh, with regard to the AFC teams that you think are, you know, rounding into form going down the home stretch all of a sudden lose to some uh, a bad team and or vice versa a team that you think oh they're done now after last week's game like the Steelers and they rise up and, and uh, beat a team that you thought was maybe one of the better teams in the conference so uh, this is really uh, the every given any given Sunday year it seems to me and so yeah, 24 hours. I'm back to living in my fears. You know, the, the latest, if, if you want to get nervous, which, you know, kind of my way I live my life, um, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I'm not buying that for a second. Not well, a second. I, don't think, I don't think they would want him to play against the Steelers on turf. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd feel much more comfortable if you know he would take another game off, you know, to rest that shoulder for those NFC playoffs, I think that would be a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Labs, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you don't know the answer, totally blow me off, but if anyone knows this answer, it's you. Do you have any clue what the Steelers' success rate or winning percentage is post-Raven games, the, the week after? I, I actually have, the, I actually you know have those numbers, yeah. Well, look at you. Wow. I looked them up for the last 10 years. It's actually not bad over the last 10 years. Really? It's, I would assume it's 500. both of them are bad for, you know, post-Steelers if you're the Ravens and post, you know, just think you're beat up. Yeah, no, they're, they're 500 uh, over the last uh, decade Okay. After the week after playing the Ravens, so huh, that's not as not, not as bad as it used worse. to be. Worse, right, right, right. I went back a couple of years ago and looked at it, and both teams were well under five hundred the week after the week playing after. A, playing sense. each other, but uh, not the nah. not as much nah. anymore. They're five hundred. <laughs> You're right on top of that, Labs. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have sold you short. You know what I as as you were. Asking the question and then as Dale was answering it, I, what, another thing I was thinking, and this is just you know the way my mind works. Um, what I'd like to know is how many times the Steelers have had to play the Ravens on a short week, or come off a Ravens game to play on a short week, or you know those kind of things. It always seems like that to me. You know, you know or play them on a Tuesday. Better. Or was it a Tuesday? Or Wednesday or whatever the heck it was, some non-football yeah. day, yeah. Yeah, lose, lose a bye because of the Ravens or <laughs> right, whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, that's probably my paranoia and or uh, general um, hate for that franchise um, and their fine coach. Yeah, the Steelers are 11-9 and nine over the last decade, the week Post-up. after playing the Ravens. Wow. So 
There you have it. How about that? I'm impressed <laughs> by your I, research. I, you know, I, I leave no stone unturned when I'm looking into stuff. Hundred percent true. You know, wow. I, I look into everything, including who the officials are, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> See if anything jumps out at me to uh, that maybe uh, gives me a little something to, of interest to, to inform the readers. Uh, but uh, Bob, looking at the uh, defensive game plan last week against the, the Ravens. Um, Good defensive game by the Steelers. Uh, how, do, how did you view that one? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it was. Um, you know, because I really believe that going into every Ravens game, or at least the ones where, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, since Lamar Jackson has been their quarterback, that's job one. You've got to deal with him. And, um, you know, I thought the Steelers largely did a decent job of that. I mean, he made some plays. He he bought some time in the pocket. Uh, he made some throws. But, I mean, at no point did he, or at least in my watching and the way I felt as I was watching, did he take it over. And I've seen him do that and just terrorize an opponent. And um, so, you know, I, I know that you know, when I remember Bill Cowher doing this, with the Bengals when they had Rudy Johnson as the running back, Carson Palmer, and then you had Ocho Cinco and Usman Zada. And, you know, a lot of times Bill Cowher would make a decision such as, okay, we're going to, we're going to shut down or minimize, use Mike Collins' word, we're going to minimize Carson Palmer to his wide receivers. And, you know, Rudy Johnson would have some, you know, decent statistics, but, it wasn't enough to win the game. And so I think that you kind of have to do that with Lamar Jackson, too. You have to take him away and some of the things that he really likes to do. And, you know, I thought the Steelers largely did that. So that kind of leads me to the Vikes. I mean, Justin Jefferson's a total star. I mean, do you think that they, you know, how they treated Adams in the Green Bay game or Waller in the Raiders game, do you think they go all out to really limit him or do does he just get his and you don't let everyone else beat you, you know? Well, I mean, I think that the way it looks now, if, if Dale is correct, and I hope he is, that Dalvin Cook doesn't play, they've mm-hmm. already ruled Adam Thielen out. Um, and the fact that it's a short week, you know, I don't know that you have a lot of time uh, not necessarily to devise what you would like to do, but to teach it mm-hmm. and get it, uh, have the information absorbed by the players. You have one practice. Um, and then you have, you know, even today, for example, the Vi- uh, excuse me, on Wednesday, uh, the Vikings were able to probably have a much more in-depth practice and meeting schedule uh, than the Steelers were just based on the fact that, you know, one team's traveling and the other team isn't. And, you know, that's why um, you look at the Steelers' record on Thursdays, it's 11-11, and 11, but they're 2-9 and nine on the road. And I think if you would look, um, you know, league-wide, probably, you know, road, the, the record of road teams on Thursday nights has to be, my guess would be awful. Oh, yeah. it, it used to be the case, um, like the first couple of years they did this, and then it's kind of... It's kind of evened out a little bit more over the last few years because, well, quite frankly, they the league puts all the bad teams have to have Thursday night games too. True, and a lot of division it, games over the yeah, last couple of years yeah, too. Yeah, to which. make it that's what makes this one so strange is that it's not a division game. 
uh, and therefore you, you, you know neither team has that real familiarity with the mm-hmm. with the opponent. That always bothered me those division games though because they they count more. I, I think yeah. you should play the NFC in this one. You know if you're not prepared, it doesn't kill you as bad. Well, anyway, back to the to your question. I don't know that they have time to do that. And you know, if anything, maybe um, you know Mike Tomlin has spent some extra time with Minka and said, "Don't let this guy get away from you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe instead of trying to make it an eleven man uh, project to deal with him, you just take one guy and say, "Okay." Um, you know, you, I can, I know I can tell you something and you will be able to understand it and execute it at a high percentage uh, of success. Don't let this guy, you know, get behind us. Right. Now, that's, that's, the, that's the key is you just make sure that you're over the top of him on every play. Um, because the other guy now opposite him is K.J. Osborne. And if K.J. Osborne walked into this room and punched Matt in the mouth, I wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> I'd, la- I'd laugh. Nor would I blame him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's... that's uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the Vikings uh, have, so far this year anyway, have had some issues on the offensive line, and a lot of teams have. And, you know, uh, you go to T.J. Watt and say, you know, get after him. You know, or is that NFL Films clip of Bill Cowher back in 92 talking to Greg Lloyd, you know, he's tapping him on the shoulder pad goes, just rush the quarterback. And so if you get some pressure on um, Cousins and you have your uh, two-time first-team all-pro free safety kind of clued in on not allowing him, uh, Jefferson, to, uh, you know, break your back, I think that that's probably, in terms of strategy, uh, as far as you can go in a short week like this. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I think Matt and I were talking in the previous segment. If you can turn this into a one score game in the fourth quarter, which is all the Vikes play, which is all the Vikings do, <laughs> right. uh, I know where my money is going to be placed, uh, where I'm going to put a chip down and who's going to win the football game. Because uh, yeah. Roethlisberger's just done right. it too often for it to be a fluke, yeah. even this year. And I, I really think. You know, maybe this is just my sense of it. I certainly uh, don't have any firsthand information, uh, you know, from Ben. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, the, the whole issue last week of, you know, uh, maybe this is going to be Ben's last season kind of being big news, that's so, it was so comical to me. <laughs> uh, but I do think that, you know, Ben is starting to, and his teammates are starting to, Maybe you know the reality of it is taking hold a little bit, and you can see the end, and you know you you understand, you know that what what each of these weeks means as a result of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and so I don't know. I, I just think that we may get not that he hasn't been giving his best because that's ridiculous, but just a little bit more from him in terms of some of these kinds of situations that in his past he has come through so spectacularly uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know we see more of the what we saw against the Ravens in the fourth quarter uh, those kinds of as Mike to use his phrase Mike Tomlin's phrase uh, smiling in the face of adversity 
uh, because he's the only guy on that team in terms of quarterbacks who's going to give you that. And so, you know, any notion of, hey, let's see what Dwayne Haskins can do. You know, I get a lot of that. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> just, just put him in there and see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's how the league give works. Him some meaningful playing time. Um, but, you know, I, I just see it. And if, if I were, if it were up to me, which it is not, I would be depending on that or counting on that uh, a little bit more maybe than the Steelers have to this point of the season. Uh, I'm not saying uh, you turn it uh, completely over to the quarterback, but I would certainly not waste these last, what is it, uh, help me with the math, five, five games? games? Yeah, five games. Yeah, these last five games, um, wasting a resource, in my opinion, that Ben Roethlisberger is that I don't know that you're going to play any any of these last five teams that you're playing. I don't know that any quarterback that he's going to face will, will be able, would be able to provide his team with the, the resources that Roethlisberger can provide his team in terms of smiling in the face of adversity and bringing a team back and instilling the kind of confidence that a team needs to be able to make that kind of comeback um, and so I would be depending on that and counting on that and trying to use that as much as possible. We'll see if that happens. Now, that's just my theory. Total opposite end of the spectrum with the roster. Where are you at on Adams, Witherspoon, and LeGlue? I like Adams. I, I yeah. think that, you know, because I don't know if I said it uh, on this show with you guys, but I know I've said it, I've written it too. Um, if you're asking me to say right now where the Steelers' number one need is, to me it's defensive line. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because quarterback I, I aside, really, you know, right. Well, no, including quarterback. Okay. Um, so, um, especially the way that the, the perspective uh, talent appears to be that's going to be in the next draft class, um, I don't, there, to me, there's not a quarterback that I've got to have. You know, mm-hmm. um, and if you want to know what I want, Bryce Young. That's what I want. When, when fans ask me, who do you want to see the Steelers get after that Alabama Georgia game, that's who I want. Well, I then you, you better lose every game in 2023, <laughs> right? <laughs> or 2022. I, I, understand <laughs> it. I understand that, but that's what I want. Right. Um, I, no, I, I hear you. Don't, I often don't get what I want, but <laughs> that's sure. What I want. Um, but I, I just think that. You know, if you're picking in the top half, and I'm just guessing here, if you're picking in the top half of the first round in 2022, uh, I think you, your chances are much better to get a, a, a potentially difference-making defensive lineman than it is to get a potentially difference-making quarterback, just from what I've watched in college football. Now, you know, we'll see how the pre-draft process works out. But So uh, I think Adams can not necessarily replace that that kind of talent that you would get in that at that point of the draft but I certainly think you know he can give you um, some valuable depth because Alu-Alu is another he's unrestricted again next year you know he's in his 30s he's coming off that broken ankle I'm not saying he can't come back but I'm not saying he can and if he can does he really want to stay in Pittsburgh I don't know any of that stuff He's a gigantic question mark to me, as is Stephon Tewitt. Actually, all of all is under contract for next year. Is he zero? Oh, is he? Yeah, he signed a two-year deal. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, um, okay, 
but to it is a is a gigantic unknown to me. Correct. Yeah. And uh, they could inject I, some I, youth in that room. You know, a high pick. One way or the other. I mean, yeah, Cam's yeah. Cam's going to be thirty three. Alu Alu's going to be thirty six. Tuit's getting closer to thirty. Oh, yeah. You need to start building the future there. First, second round pick type. Right. Guy, and yeah. I and I really I do not believe for thirty seconds that Isaiah Bugs is. Uh, wearing a Steelers uniform uh, when OTA starts. I'm I just with you there. Yeah, hmm. he has so, he had his chance and he blew it. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Davis. Um, you know, again, so far it's been an entire season ruined by injury. Uh, I don't know what you have there, one way or the other. But yeah, Montrevious Adams, I believe, is a guy that, um, and he seems, based on the story Mike Tomlin told about walking up the tunnel with him after the Ravens game. He seems to be very appreciative of the opportunity, and um, you know maybe that has that comes from having been cut. Yeah, you know a lot of times guys don't think they can get cut because they've been the star in high school, star in college. They get drafted into the NFL. Um, oh yeah, he was a five star recruit. I'd say he's a big recruit, and things have come easy right. to him till now. Yeah, right. And so maybe you know he had a, a, a come to Jesus moment, so to speak, when. Uh, he, he started being told, "You're not good enough. Pack, you know, pack your bags." So I think he's got that, which also could be attractive uh, to a team like the Steelers. Um, Witherspoon, um, you know, again, he's he's exactly what I was told he was when they acquired him in the trade. You know that he's a um, uh, insurance policy against injury to an outside cornerback. Uh, he hasn't been active because he's really not good playing special teams. You know, we got so many helmets on those days. But when you have Hayden out for sure, um, you know, and James Pierre, uh, I think he's a little, maybe a little shell shocked at this time. Um, you know, he's a, he, Witherspoon is a is a nice option. You know, he's you can put him out there, uh, cover, play some man to man. You know, keep it kind of um, simple, maybe. Not that he can't understand, but he hasn't had the benefit of an off season, you know, or a preseason or a training camp. So, you know, you, you don't want to uh, paralyze him with too much information. And I thought he did a nice job mm-hmm. against the Ravens. And um, the other guy, LeGlue, now. This is this is the thing about Leglue that I is impresses me. Uh, you when you talk about position flexibility in the offensive line, you'll get a guy fairly frequently. He can play the left side and the right side. Okay, that's probably uh, level one. Level two is a guy who can play guard and tackle. Okay, that's that's a little bit better position flexibility. Then you throw in a guy who can play uh, tackle, guard, and center, you really got something there. Because mm-hmm. usually um, a guard to a tackle is very rare because you're going from playing in a phone booth to playing on an island. And then if you further complicate it by putting the ball between his legs, you say, okay, you got to deal with this now, too. Um, guys usually crumble. But, you know, LeGlue, not that he is you know, John Hanna or Alan Sanica or David DeCastro or Marquise Ponty, but he seems, at least what I've been told and what we saw anyway so far is he's fairly steady 
in terms of the level of his play, no matter where you put him. And to me, that's extremely valuable. Extremely valuable. It's an easy way to get a hat on game day, too. Yes, easy way to get a hat on game day. Here's another thing. It doesn't cost you anything on a cap. Yeah, yeah, and he's obviously smart. Um, You don't pick up all those and make all the moves that he's made without having it going on between the ears. Oh, and being able to handle the center responsibilities, right. right. And he's another guy who I believe um, has been stung a couple of times by being told you're not good enough. Um, And, you know, you you, 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 you expose yourself to him as someone who, you know, we like you, you we want to give you this opportunity, give him a a chance to play, uh, show him a little love help him try and get better and I think that you're getting a player who maybe might be a little bit more uh, mentally and emotionally invested than someone who um, you know has been told how great he is his entire career yeah I mean there's a little bit of uh, Matt Filer going on there um, you know Filer, Filer was a guy that uh, they you good know, one yeah they, they pulled off the, the Houston Texans practice squad he had been cut a couple of times you bring him in He's your swing guy. He's playing guard. He's playing center. He, he plays tackle for you. Those guys are valuable. I was actually thinking Justin yeah. Strelzik. <laughs> you know, because he played all over the line too. You know, before yeah. settling. Yeah, in. Yeah, and you know, um, Filer was Bloomsburg. That's where he went to college. Shippensburg. Oh, Shippensburg. Okay, yeah, I right. knew it was one of one of the one of the Bergs. <laughs> one of the Bergs. Strelzik was from Maine. He was a defensive lineman. Who I remember Tom Modrak telling me. Um, it was Noel watching, at that time, I, I believe it would have been film um, of Strelzik as a defensive player at Maine, and he told you know the scouts in the room, Mojack was one of them, that's an offensive lineman right there. And the Steelers picked him 12th round, I think it was, and switched him, and he, you know, he, was, he started in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did okay with uh, those 12th round conversion picks back then that's when they, that's where they got uh, Hasselrig as well uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bob uh, this uh, this Vikings team has found interesting ways to lose games particularly at the end of halves I think they've given up 112 points in the final two minutes of their of either of both halves oh, this really? year. Wow. I mean it's been pretty bad uh, again I, I go back to I look at that and I say well that's when Roethlisberger has been at his best this season is is when is it is it be, I know like Canada Matt Canada said you know we we aren't using a, a hurry up we aren't using a no huddle Roethlisberger said well it's not truly a no huddle it sure looks like a no huddle to well, me don't huddle up yeah what say you is that <laughs> is that a no huddle or are they they parsing words here what's going on with that yeah I mean this is one of the things that what you just described to me is one of the things that. Um, you know, it annoys me a little bit. Uh, you know, who cares? Why? You know, I don't understand why um, both of them, the quarterback and the coordinator, can just kind of stop trying to be right. You know, I mean, who cares if it's no huddle or hurry up or just using tempo? You know, whatever. Uh, it's to me, it's it's something that is shown to be successful in the past, recent past, uh, and I think that really when you look at it and the, the, the personnel that the offense has available to it um, and, the, and the deficiencies that the unit has, 
to, to try and overcome, you know, it should be a component of what you do uh, on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, the, the fight over the terms, fight over control, <laughs> right. fight over terminology. Hey, fellas, you know, we got five weeks left. Does it matter? I mean, really, does this matter now? Um, Just petty. So you know? It is. It is. And it's counterproductive. Uh, and somebody needs to be the adult and, you know, just just stop. Stop talking about it. Stop correcting the other side. Just stop. And, and you know, focus your attention on what really matters, which is winning the game. Um, now, just to kind of get back to, you know, what you were, the point you were making, Dale, about the Vikings, I think that, you know, 12 games into a season, a team has shown what they have shown to this point really is kind of what they are. You know, the Vikings lose a lot of close games, so they're the kind of team that does that. It's not a fluke anymore. Uh, it's not a quirk. It's who they are. And so, um, you know, I would think that the Steelers not only should be able to take advantage of them in those situations, but they possibly might need to take advantage of them in those situations to leave Minneapolis with a win. No, yeah, I'm with I you agree. there. I agree. Uh, but uh, that's all the the time we have here, Bob. Uh, we could sit here and talk to you all day, of course. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, dropping by as always. Uh, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with the Fantasy Football Focus right after this. <laughs> 